1: to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm,
0: this is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Check out now. Mm.
1: Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined as always by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hey, team, coming up on today's show. A big bumper, quick and dirty. Grimes and Elon Musk have a baby that should be called X, but will now be known as Y. <laughs> we can't stop Googling Kris Jenner's church. Hayley Bieber is hospitalized for a blood clot in her brain. Two Aussie vitamin companies are brawling on Instagram, and then a Kimathon. Kim Kardashian is typically all over the news cycle, but this week... This week was something else. From calling everyone lazy to becoming Insta official with Pete Davidson, premiering her new show's trailer, and those leaked text messages, it has been
0: a wild ride. Wild. But first, Michelle, how's your week? It's been a good week. I had a slightly uncomfortable experience yesterday when I opened the shameless TikTok account and I was going through (laughs) our DMs. You guys were with me when this happened, and it was quite quite confusing initially because we had a few DMs from quite quite prominent Australians, like particularly in the media or social media space who were kind of sending us like confused DMs being like, what? Or like, why have you sent me this video? And it turns out my two-year-old niece, Amelia, was using my phone and going through TikTok on the weekend because the only thing that will keep that child occupied while we try to get anything else done, such as take care of her newborn sister, is give her TikTok. Fair enough. Fucking loves TikTok. (laughs) Woman after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I didn't realise though that as she was going through TikTok, she was sending so many videos to random people. Anyway, so shout out to the many (laughs) awesome. celebrities who got dms from us yeah let's just put it on the record that if shameless podcast sent you a
1: dm (laughs) on tiktok this week it was not us the shame though you were bright red when
0: you realized you were burgundy i felt really embarrassed it's so embarrassing but it's so funny because she's a toddler like it's not her fault but I was just like how could I put myself in this situation
1: also because it had been a few days like you didn't discover it until (laughs) Tuesday so there was a couple of days of people being like
0: what the fuck is wrong with these girls dming us I'm actually feeling embarrassed all over again as we talk about it anyway sorry for all the dms to anyone who received one this week I do have a recommendation I mean my basic recommendation is drive to survive season four is Uh now on Netflix of course, if you guys have been listening to the show for a year, I first recommended this in March last year. So one year of Loving Drive to Survive, everyone. So glad to be here. How far into it are you? I am seven episodes in. You've beaten me, I think? Yeah, I'm up to ep nine. Ep nine? Ooh, I know. Ep I'm, nine in four days. Five don't, days. No, sh- <laughs>
1: you don't need to shout. <laughs> My word. <laughs> <laughs> They're not long episodes. Some of them are 35 minutes. Some of them are closer to an hour. So they I are don't think little... there's any close to an hour. Oh,
0: well, okay, maybe. maybe. Maybe they just (laughs) feel super meaty and super (laughs) in depth.
1: Really well done, though.
0: If you're listening to this and you're confused and you're a new shameless listener, Drive to Survive documents the F1. I know it might sound dry. We know it might not sound like it's up your alley. We still can't get Annabelle Lee on board. She's never watched an episode. But just to interrupt very quickly, Annabelle Lee, Annabelle
1: Lee (laughs) Lee only just got onto Wordle this week. So she (laughs) (laughs) is... Have you guys heard of it?
0: It's so So cool and (laughs) niche. I reckon we still got some hope. Keep going. Anyway, I promise you guys, even if you don't think you'll be interested in an F1 show, I didn't think I'd be here. I didn't think I'd give a single shit about cars racing around a racetrack. I Give so many shits now not only am i recommending you all jump on drive to survive with the new season but also there's an epic profile called the new cult of f1 fandom in vanity it's fair very good it is so well written it is so interesting it interviews all of my favorite drivers yes including daniel ricardo and they've done a photo shoot with them all where they all look a bit like harry styles They're styled in that very like 60s, colourful, femme fashion.
1: Yeah, it's the photos are incredible. It's definitely what got my interest first. But the piece itself is amazing because they're right. Like there are all these new F1 fans, you and I who are on this bandwagon, (laughs) people who never would have found themselves interested in F1. So F1 is in a really interesting space right now. So that is a very good read. I back your recommendation. Thank you so much.
0: What about you? How was your week? I have lost my jubbly mug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, what is going on I don't know where it is. We all sat down today, Annabelle and I, have been Keeping our mugs safe They were both on our desks And you were looking around Going Where's mine? As if we had taken yours And we were pretending They were ours. You oh. keep accusing us Of stealing <laughs> your being. The oh. eyes she was giving us She kept looking at us To be like That's my fucking mug I'm like No it's fucking not <laughs> Always best to blame
1: Other people for your own mistakes You guys know that by now Yeah I just fundamentally refuse to accept That I would have lost it I just haven't seen it Since last Wednesday So we can't be sure That one of these isn't mine Mate, That's
0: all what? I'll say This is absolutely not yours Also It's been one one week and you've managed to lose it. And it's a $60 mug. Well, I'll be taking out that's no, for no, sure. No, that's not how it works. Yes, that is how it works. I paid
1: for them. Give me it back. So that happened. I
0: also understand, Michelle, that you are the big 2-8 tomorrow. I am turning 28 tomorrow. Big birthday. It is a big birthday. There's no denying that I am now in my late 20s, but that's
1: okay. There is no denying it. The numbers really don't lie. <laughs> and I thought to myself, all right, every birthday we oh, have to no. do something. We have to do something <laughs> nice and special and I thought, what can I do for Michelle this week? Because you've Hello. done some wonderful things for me. And Annabelle and I thought back and forth, who can we get? We thought, could we get a housewife? You know, you love. Oh, I would love- oh, they didn't reply. Yeah. <laughs> they don't love you, clearly. Could we get an F1 star? They didn't reply. <laughs> could we get a Neighbours star? Toady. We couldn't get Tony. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I, mean, I have maybe two options here. I've either, you know, yesterday I was getting a bit stressed. So to say,
0: how many days did you give yourself to oh, actually a week find no, a A page. week and a half. Okay,
1: that's not bad. That's I thought that bad. was pretty solid. And I thought to myself, I've got two options here. Either I'm going on Cameo and I'm getting something from a Richmond footballer oh. or I'm calling up your mum and saying, oh, Vicky, oh no. I've got nothing else. But one person did come to the party at the 11th hour, Michelle Andrews, to wish you... A very happy birthday. Hey, Michelle, Cody Simpson here. <laughs> A very happy birthday. Hope you have an amazing day celebrating with all your family and friends. And uh, talk to you soon. That's my favorite. <laughs> Talk to talk to you you and so that is the little thing I need
0: to unpack with you. Cody Simpson. Cody Simpson, talk to you soon. Are you talking to Cotty behind our backs? Oh, I'm so ashamed that this is being revealed on air. No, never spoken to Cody Simpson in my life. Would love to have a chat with the great man. Well, he is the only great man that pulled through and I was
1: surprised. <laughs> I do have to say though, given Cotty Simpson was the only one to pull through, I do have to disclaim that he has announced his first album in <laughs> six years. Entitled <laughs> Cody Simpson, which will arrive. Team on Friday, April eighth. Now oh. he has also released his first single, Stop. "Let Go." So, if you are all interested in streaming Cody Simpson's new album, it is called <laughs> Cody Simpson, April eighth. We'll put that in the show notes, Annabelle. Oh, I Lee. will do that. I'm also nothing trying. in life is free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, when did he come through with that voice message? Uh, yesterday. I think. Yesterday, yeah. and you said, "You simply must put no, all this info in the I show notes." I said because I was very desperate.
1: desperate. I said. You've got a new album coming out. Oh, my the, God. The listeners of the show will be very keen to know. <laughs> so perhaps we do a little trainy train <laughs> And it worked.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for my birthday message, Cody Simpson.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Happy
0: birthday, <laughs> Michelle. Did you have to pay for that, by the way? Was that for free? That was for free. Well, nothing's for free. No, just I also
1: think for these birthday messages or whatever <laughs> these things we decide to do for each other's birthday – they have to be free. You can't be exchanging cash. No,
0: no, you simply cannot. Actually, well,
1: I was going to go to Cameo. So oh,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. I'm very, very grateful. What a happy birthday it is what already! A happy Aww. birthday.
1: One quick recommendation from me before we jump properly into the world's longest quick and dirty. I have a really random recommendation this week, team. But I was sitting around on Saturday. I'd been out for a bottomless brunch, which may be perhaps why this recommendation could be a little questionable. (laughs) And I was sitting at a friend's place and we were sort of waiting between going to the next – kind of bowls club that we were off to. And so we were sitting there watching YouTube videos and Jordan played me, Robbie Williams, performing at Nebworth. What now Nebworth? <laughs> Nebworth is like one of the biggest music festivals of all time. Ah, yes, of course. And so it's this performance of Robbie Williams. And I went back, by the way, and told my whole family about this. And everyone's like, we have the DVD of this for years. <gasps> like, you've clearly watched this before. But it's Robbie Williams playing in front of like 220,000 people. And it gave me goosebumps. I appreciate I might not be selling this in the way that I intend to. It is the most remarkable thing. You need to watch him singing angels in front
0: of 220,000 people and you will be like, I miss live music. I'm trying to think of how that song, is it angels brought me here? No, that's good. No, cool. <laughs> are you fucking kidding
1: me? You go on, give us a little rendition. No, no, I will simply just say the lyrics. I'm loving angels instead. Oh, I'm loving angels. Nah, well, <laughs> you, you're the one that gets mad at people that sing on podcasts. Okay,
0: gotcha. So it's really just that you enjoyed watching Robbie Williams sing in front of the crowd and it gave you tingles.
1: But then later that day, we were like at the bowl. club. once we got there, we were talking about it. Everyone's like, it's remarkable. It's the best video of all time. Annabelle, you're nodding at me. Are you being polite? No, no,
0: no. I really like that song. It's one of Robbie's best. <laughs> it's- you're recommending the song. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch it. Where do I watch it? Last week, you told us all the wrong streaming platform. Yeah, you're not, your strength is not telling us where to go. YouTube. The tube, Michelle. YouTube. Michelle. The tube. Yeah. The tube. <laughs> okay. YouTube. I'm not going to watch that, but I you hope will. the listeners really enjoy I it. I will play it.
1: When we have the whole team back in the office, I'm going to play for everyone and everybody will love it as much. I
0: had goosebumps. I loved it. <laughs>
1: I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Anyway, let's jump into the world's longest quick and dirty, Michelle, because we have so many stories this week that we wanted to cover. And we thought, again, we make the rules. We make the
0: rules. Why don't we just cover them all? We're all a bit flex over here in the Shameless Media office. And to be flex, let's kick off with how many? Seven stories I think we've Seven got today. Seven stories. Who's hosting? I think it might be me. Go for it. <laughs> Zara, Robbie Williams, McDonald. Oh, that is okay. such a compliment. Thank you so
1: much. My first story Grimes reveals why her new baby daughter with Elon Musk in cover interview that is from Vanity Fair
0: yeah so if you missed it Grimes did a feature with Vanity Fair this week where she accidentally sort of revealed that she has a second child with Elon Musk.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that that can sound a bit contrived, perhaps for people listening that what she accidentally revealed she had a baby in this interview. But from all reports, it does feel very much like perhaps she did accidentally reveal it. So I think the best way for us to tell this story, Michelle, is actually by reading out how it unfolded in Vanity Fair. So writer Devin Gordon wrote this. Just as I'm about to bring up one of book one's highlights, a soon to be ubiquitous banger called sci-fi that she co-wrote with The Weeknd, I hear it again. This time it's multiple cries and it's unmistakable. I've got two kids that's a baby. And I can tell by the frozen look on my host's face that she heard it too. So I brace myself to ask the strangest question of my career.
0: Do you have another baby in your life, Grimes? (laughs) Do you have another baby in your life? Her body clenches and she looks away. I'm not at liberty to speak on these things, she begins. And then, all in a tumble, she says, whatever is going on with family stuff, I just feel like kids need to stay out of it and X is just out there. I mean, I think Elon is really seeing him as a protege and bringing him him to everything and stuff. X is out there. His situation is like that. But yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So funny quotes because she's clearly just starting to lose her train of thought. The rally went on. She's rattled and I am mortified by even accidentally making a woman, a new mother, no less, feel exposed and vulnerable. I suggest we pause for a moment to discuss the surreal professional ethics at play, which are that I can't pretend I don't know she's got a secret baby with the world's wealthiest man hiding upstairs, especially when she's invited me here. It's a calming period that breaks with a sitcom punchline. Full-blown infant screams upstairs, followed by the voice of a woman pleading, shh. Now we both start laughing. Did she really think I wasn't going to hear a baby? Grimes just shakes her head. She's a little colicky too, she said. She laughs again and buries her face in her hands. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, so then the journalist wrote Congratulations to Grimes and Elon Musk on the birth of their second child together. It's a girl. You probably have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really well-written sort of passage because what a
1: bizarre turn of events. I mean, I imagine two things could have happened. Grimes really could have just thought that perhaps the baby could have stayed upstairs and mm. no one would be any the wiser. Any ima- the wiser?
0: I imagine she's living in quite a large house. Maybe she felt like the noise, I mean, those doors would be sturdy. She'd be having real hardwood doors in the- And it sounded like there was a carer up there with the baby. Yeah. So you'd probably
1: think it was fine. I actually fundamentally believe that it happened very naturally.
0: I agree. I I think it's a little bit of a risk but I wouldn't have been watching her as their friend going this is a colossal risk the baby will be exposed to the world. The only thing is like she didn't need to bring the journalist into her house but
1: anyway so what is confusing for people I think is that Grimes and Elon Musk announced that they broke up last September so people didn't even realize that they were kind of still together. The baby was born by surrogate hence why it was a secret baby and we didn't know that they had one and the baby girl's name is Exoduct Sidereal referred to as Y.
0: I need to talk about this. X a dark known as Y and her brother is known as X. That doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. Do you think that this is meant to make <laughs> sense? <laughs> I, I do prefer the name Exodarx Sidereal to the first baby's name, which I will not well, try to pronounce because I was, cannot simply go there. Yeah, I don't know either.
1: But what else was really interesting is that Grimes and Elon Musk are actually kind of still together in their own arrangement. She told Vanity Fair there's no real word for it. I would probably refer to him as my boyfriend, but we're very fluid. We live in separate houses, we're best friends, we see each other all the time. We just have our own thing going on and I don't expect other people to understand it. This is the best it's ever been. We just need to be free. She also said that they want three to four kids.
0: Wow. And he's already got multiple children. He's had quite a few kids already. So to say that he wants another three to four with Grimes, but they're not together. They live separately. I'd be very interested to know how you co-parent or how you manage all that when he's also the world's richest man and is very busy, I imagine. I totally agree. But it seems like it's really working for them. So, surprise.
1: Good on them. Yeah. Story number two. Bella Hadid admits to having a nose job as a teen, but now regrets her decision. That is from Elle.
0: What an interesting one, guys. I'm glad this dropped at a time when we could fit it into the episode. This week, a profile was published in Vogue titled Bella from the Heart on Health Struggles, Happiness and Everything in Between. It was basically a massive piece about Bella Hadid, the very, very famous supermodel, and her life. Yeah, exactly. And it was a pretty lovely profile. They painted a pretty
1: endearing picture of Bella. But what the media has picked out of that profile is one quote in particular where she spoke about getting a nose job at the age of 14 years old. Mm. She said, I wish I had kept the nose of my ancestors. I think I would have grown into it.
0: Yeah, the journalist Rob Haskell went on to say, Bella has been accused of visiting a plastic surgeon with photographs of Carla Bruni, the supermodel and former French first lady to whom she has often been compared. She has been accused of getting her eyes lifted, her jaw shaved, her lips filled. She says none of that is true. Another quote from Bella that people have been picking up is, people think I fully fucked with my face because of one picture of me as a teenager looking puffy. I'm pretty sure you don't look the same now as you did at 13, right? I have never used filler. Let's just put an end to that. I have no issue with it, but it's not for me. Whoever thinks I've gotten my eyes lifted or whatever it's called, it's face tape, the oldest trick in the book. I've had this imposter syndrome where people have made me feel like I don't deserve any of this. People always have something to say, but what I have to say is I've always been misunderstood in my industry and by the people around me. This is a very, very interesting profile piece on Bella. Very interesting quotes about that nose job at 14, Zara, because it goes against what Bella has said in the past.
1: Yeah. In 2018, she spoke to InStyle and said that she's never had gotten fillers or surgery before. She said that she was scared of putting fillers into her face and stuff. And that does kind of align with what she was saying in this week's profile. But I think what's really hard is considering how a 14-year-old walks into this decision, because I would hazard a guess that a 14-year-old does not walk into that decision alone. And you've got people around you saying, yes, 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 yes. It's a very good idea. I didn't even think this was legal.
0: Yeah, it is legal if people are wondering. In America where Bella lives, you actually can get a nose job as early as 13 with a parent's permission, which is just to be honest, batshit crazy to me. Like it is absolutely crazy to me that teenagers can make these kind of choices that Bella says 12 years later, she really regrets, she wishes she didn't do it. It's even crazier to me that parents would be okay with it. And I mean, as someone who loves Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and watched the years where Bella and Gigi and Anwar were on the show because Yolanda Hadid, then Yolanda Foster was on the show. I just feel really muddy about this. I feel really yuck that these girls in particular were on this show so so young that Bella grew up with the pressure of having a supermodel sister in Gigi and that she had a mother who approved of her getting a nose job at 14. What I was doing at 14 and the life I had at 14 was far more innocent then a child turning to their mum and saying, I want a nose job. And that mother saying, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And I think we know, given all those clips of
1: Yolanda talking to Gigi and Bella when they were young girls that have gone viral since TikTok began or on YouTube, that she has got a history of talking very problematically to her daughters. I don't think anybody can deny that once you see the footage. So it is a really, really hard one to swallow. The other thing that Bella said in this profile is that she has struggled a lot with the constant comparison to Gigi. She said, I was always the uglier sister. I was the brunette. I wasn't as cool as Gigi, not as outgoing. That's really what people said about me. And unfortunately, when you get told so many times, you do just believe it. I always ask, myself, how did a girl with incredible insecurities, anxiety, depression, body image issues, eating issues, who hates to be touched, who has intense social anxiety, what was I doing getting into this business? But over the years, I became a good actress. I put on a very smiley face or a very strong face. I always felt like I had something to prove.
0: Yeah, to her credit, I'm really glad she's now being honest about this. I think women do each other a disservice when we lie about the things we've had done to our face. I don't think women have to volunteer necessarily what they've had done you don't need to like put up a flag when it happens but i think if you're asked the question point blank yes i think you owe it to other women particularly young girls because there is an issue with these supermodels having photos of themselves where that maybe they shared on social media years ago where they look one way and then looking a completely different way three four five years later and saying oh it's puberty It's not puberty. And I'm glad that Bella at the age of 25 now has come clean on this. I cannot understand why even Yolanda Hadid has lied about this in the past. In 2019, she wrote, none of my children have ever done fillers or Botox or had anything foreign put in their bodies. They know better after seeing what I went through. I don't know why people want to lie. That's technically true though. That sentence
1: is technically true. So I see what she's doing. She's misleading, but she's not lying. And yeah, you can have an issue with that, but she's not.
0: Well, She's I thought my... nose jobs, well, maybe we're getting too technical yeah. here. I thought a lot of nose jobs means you get a certain plate or a titanium, whatever, I mean, put into your nose.
1: Probably that's true, but then I'm sure they'd probably try to get you on a technicality themselves, yeah. which is why they say quotes like that. But a really interesting and very candid interview with Bella, which I really love to see. My third story. Zara and Mish desperately want to talk about the fact that Christiana Jenner runs a church <laughs> called the California Community Church, but there aren't any headlines around.
0: That's from Shameless Me. <laughs> that is from Shameless Media. And you brought this to the table because you found a really interesting TikTok this week. Yeah, so this was brought to our
1: attention by an amazing TikTok from user Ken, who posted a video on Chris Jenner's church that amassed almost 5 million views in two days. And it is exactly as it sounds. Chris Jenner actually owns a church, perhaps not for the reasons you might think, or maybe for the reasons you <laughs>
0: might exactly think, <laughs> depending <laughs> on where your mind is. If you're a little confused, Chris. Founded this church back in 2009. For a time, it was called the Life Change Church before it officially rebranded to the California Community Church. Now, the face slash leader of the California Community Church is a former pastor by the name of Brad. Johnson. Now, he's actually not qualified to be a pastor anymore. He was dumped from his church years ago when he had an extramarital affair. His wife, of 27 years, divorced him after that affair was uncovered in 2007.
1: Yeah, so as the story goes, apparently ex pastor Brad was working at a Starbucks until Kris Jenner magician Christiana tracked him down and convinced him to head up her church. And so soon he was welcomed into the Kardashian inner circle. He even actually officiated Lamar and Chloe's wedding all yeah.
0: those years ago. Yeah. And if you watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians back in the day, Pastor Brad makes more than one or two appearances. Like, people would be familiar with that name. He's on the show enough. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know <laughs> As reported by Radar Online in 2014, the ministry has over the years faced criticism from those who believe it's nothing more than a money-making venture or perhaps a tax haven. Now, we went to the church's website, which was quite the interesting experiment. They do prominently feature donation portals. There are also mentions of a membership to the church costing $1,000 per month, as well as the suggestion that maybe some churchgoers or church members would donate 10% of their income every month. Interestingly, Kim Kardashian has also said in the past that 10% of her earnings goes towards Kris Jenner's church.
1: Yeah, and as I'm sure many people are starting to twig, as a not-for-profit religious organisation, the church is not obligated to pay some state and federal taxes. Now, In America, churches aren't required to report their earnings to the government. So some people actually do voluntarily sort of participate in public financial audits. But this church, Chris Jenner's church, does not. So exactly where the money goes and what's happening with the money is a complete mystery.
0: Yeah. And when we read the website for the church, we found some interesting passages that painted a bit of a story. Here's one. "'When you reach the place where you believe God is wise "'and believe God is trustworthy, "'you'll naturally want to give back to him. "'When you're ready, we encourage you to start giving faithfully "'and watch what he does in and through your life. "'You won't be disappointed.'" On top of that, Chris Jenner's church has a text line that makes donations easy. On the website, it says, you can text to give. Just text CalChurch1 to 77977. It's convenient, safe and secure. If any of you want to donate, there's your link.
1: There it is. And yet in some ways and in many ways, Mish, it still does function as a church. They run services every Sunday at 9.30 and 11. They also do some other stuff like running singles events for singles over their 50s. I'm not sure (laughs) why. Count me in, Chris. <laughs> I've been looking at you as I said that. They have a scuba club and a pickleball team. Now, I don't know what either of those things mean, but it turns out, Mish, what I find most interesting about this is she's not the only prominent celebrity with a church. No. Turns out Mel
0: Gibson has one too. He doesn't only have a church. He has plunged more than $60 million of his money into it over the years. So- I don't know. We just found this really interesting when we were researching it throughout the week. Just out of pure curiosity, we thought the listeners will care about this as well. And yeah, I'm fascinated by celebrity churches.
1: Yeah, I do definitely feel like it's something I want to dive into a bit more. So maybe watch this space. I don't know. I don't want to promise something you're not committed to. (laughs) My fourth story,
0: SAS Australia's Anna Heinrich impresses during terrifying chopper challenge. That's from Perth now. Yeah, I really pushed for this one to be in today's quick and dirty. I had never watched an episode of SAS Australia before this weekend. We have spoken quite frequently on this podcast about how that show has platformed some pretty problematic people. So I've never chosen to switch it on. The reason I was watching it is because the day of Millie Gate where she was DMing all the Australian celebrities I was at my sister Claire's house we had just put Millie to sleep the TV remote could not be found and we were like searching for it but SES Australia was on and we were quietly trying to plot around without waking up the toddler or the baby anyway so SES Australia was on the TV for like 10 minutes And I just need to talk to anyone who has seen this show and has marvelled at Anna Heinrich like I have. Anna Heinrich is, of course, known most prominently from The Bachelor, Zara. She was our first ever Bachelor winner. She is still with her husband, who she met on the show, Tim Robards. Of course, we also know her as a criminal lawyer, the founder of a beauty brand, and now SES Australia legend. Yeah. So you were telling me that she smashed
1: everyone. Yeah. And then I started reading comments online and it turns out that is true, that she is literally leaving everybody else in her wake. I mean, am I surprised? I don't know. Her and Tim give a very fit vibe, don't they? They do.
0: They do. But even this, having known that she gives off a fit vibe because i remember watching her in i'm a celebrity get me out of here with tim and they were like the fittest hottest couple i had ever seen this is insane like what she's doing in sas australia is truly incredible there was one scene that i watched where she literally jumped onto a helicopter that was hovering over water jumped to like hang off it then scaled the bottom of the helicopter by climbing along a ladder then somehow lifted her body up from that position to then sit in the helicopter while it was flying. It was like literally insane. So many professional athletes couldn't do it, but Anna Heinrich did it. And I'm just like, I just needed to give this I don't know, testimonial to her <laughs> athletic <laughs> prowess because I, for one, am fucking impressed. Well, there you go. She'll probably ask you to write it for a website or something. Get <laughs> me to DM her. Tell yeah. her. <laughs> <cheers>. <laughs> I'd love a birthday message from Anna Heinrich if you're listening. Oh, right. i might like, oh God, I've got to chase that for next week.
1: <laughs> birthday never ends. My fifth story. Oscar frontrunner roasted for cringy Serena Venus Williams remark. That's from news.com. Now, In case you missed this one, Jane Campion, who is a very well-known, well-established Hollywood director, found herself in headlines this week after the 2022 Critics' Choice Awards because she made a painfully awkward joke comparing herself to Serena and Venus Williams. Now, she was accepting an award for best director. She had directed the film *The Power of the Dog*, the one with Kirsten Dunst and her husband oh, yes. Jesse Plemons. Thank you, Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would remember that. And she kind of started her speech by acknowledging a lot of the strong women in the room, and then the speech went like this:
0: "And Venus and Serena, what an honour to be in the room with you. <laughs> I've taken up tennis." <laughs> I'd also just like to uh, give my love out to my fellow, 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 the guys. <laughs> the nominees. And, and, you know, Serena and Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> Goodness, that is so Awkward. While you were trying to cut this audio, the two of you in the office yesterday, I actually had to put my hands up to my ears because I find it so awkward and uncomfortable and jarring to listen to.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. And I think what was also really awkward is the camera cut to Venus and she was doing that grimace face that's like, you know, the emoji of a grimace. That's exactly what she was doing. Serena, on the other hand, seemed less bothered by it. And she was sort of smiling and clapping and she was sort of whooping now Serena and Venus were obviously there because of the film starring Will Smith that was made about their dad has been nominated for a bunch of awards so they were there as guests of Will Smith but the whole thing was so bloody clunky and it was very confusing as to why like Venus and Serena were like kept coming back into the speech like mm. why why are we talking about them right now in this context they weren't even in like the same film.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how Jane Campion got on this track and then how she refused to get off of it. Like she really insisted on driving home the message that Venus and Serena don't play against men and somehow – they need to consider how she has to play against men in the movie directing game. Yeah, Yeah,
1: actress Jodie Turner-Smith posted on Twitter about it. She said, Jane taking time out of her best director speech to tell two black women that she is more oppressed than them is peak white feminism in a statement apologising. Jane Campion said, I made a thoughtless comment equating what I do in the film world with all that Serena and Venus have achieved. I did not intend to devalue these two legendary black women and world-class athletes. Yeah. Massive foot and mouth problem.
0: Huge.
1: My sixth story, Haley Bieber was hospitalized for stroke-like blood clot. That is from the cut.
0: Yeah, in a series of Instagram stories this weekend, Haley Bieber said that she was recently hospitalized for a blood clot in her brain. Haley Bieber's only 25, which makes this story even scarier than it already would be. She says that she was eating breakfast with her husband, Justin Bieber, when she started experiencing stroke. Like symptoms. Yeah, so she was. Pretty promptly hospitalized in Palm Springs where doctors
1: discovered that she had suffered a very small blood clot to her brain. She wrote on Instagram, they found I had suffered a very small blood clot to my brain, which caused a small lack of oxygen, but my body had passed it on its own and I recovered completely within a few hours. Although this was definitely one of the scariest moments I've ever been through, I'm home now and doing well. She also thanked the amazing doctors and nurses who took care of her. Lots of reports out this week that uh, Justin Bieber was quite shaken by the whole incident, Mm. as you can only imagine.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine what that would be like, seeing anyone go through stroke-like symptoms before your eyes, let alone a 25-year-old who, I don't know, you just never expect that to happen. And it sounds so obvious, but you also shouldn't expect this stuff to happen to A-list celebrities, which is so not the most rational or clever point I've ever made. But there is this kind of indestructibility that you just assume when you consider A-listers. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And my seventh and final story
1: team, Jodie Gordon gets embroiled in a spat between rival vitamin companies after a sponsored post saw her switch comments off to avoid online criticism.
0: That is from the Daily Mail. Yeah, in case you missed it, there is a heap going on in the vitamin world at the moment. This all started when a company called Life Botanicals launched in late Feb and made it known what their PR and media strategy was going to be. And to put it in a nutshell, Life Botanicals is trying to sell their product by saying they are identical to a rival in JS Health. The only difference, according to Life Botanicals, is they are like... Far more affordable. Yeah,
1: so their their tagline in their advertising is, if you love JS Health Vitamins, you will love us. Identical formulations, same results, half the price. So mm. ridiculously <laughs> dodgy, right? JS Health is, for those who aren't aware, who might not be from here, but I guess they actually are huge internationally now too. They are a huge, huge name in the vitamin world. They started here in Australia. They are also huge on Instagram because they've done a bunch of influencer marketing. Now, what's even more... More remarkable about this story, and I say remarkable with a huge eye roll, is Life Botanicals or Botanics, whatever their name is. I haven't just done like one post and sort of tried to stir the pot that way. This is their entire marketing strategy. If you go onto <laughs> their website, they have a photo of two vitamin bottles, one that's theirs and one that's JS Health's, side by side. And the copy just reads, What's the difference? And has same ingredients, same pack, save $20 on
0: every pack. I've yeah. never seen anything this cheap. This audacious as well, because like even the names of their vitamins, they know that they can't copy the exact same wording, but they've just lazily swapped words around. For example, JS Health has a vitamins bottle called Skin and Digestion. Life Botanics or Botanicals, I don't really give a fuck at this point, (laughs) has swapped the words around to be digestion and skin. Like it's just so, I think it's the boldness of it all. Yes. And this is the
1: thing, right? JS Health is a multi, multi multi-million dollar company.
0: Jessica Seppel, the
1: founder and her partner constantly find themselves in the young rich list. Like I do want to put on the record, this isn't like a small business we're talking about, but I still think it's kind of fucked. Now, Jess Seppel, who I just mentioned, has been sort of sharing this with her followers on Instagram, really, really troubled by this campaign. She said on her Instagram, this is another level of not okay. How low can you go? I have the strongest community in the world, so please know this is not our brand and never can be. Our ingredients are very unique. Our community will help stop this from happening. I just have no words for how morally low people will go to make money. Luckily, JS Health was built on efficacy and trust, not the dollars.
0: Yeah, she went on, you may wonder if my posts are directing attention to this brand that they do not deserve. I don't really care about that, to be dead honest because they aren't a threat. I have to stand up for what is right in life. I have to stop this from happening to any fellow female founders. I have to do this for my brand. I have to protect my formulas. I have to call out such disrespect. It feels right to do so. Now, you guys might be thinking, okay, well, you girls read out the headline from the Daily Mail and it mentioned former Home and Away star Jodie Gordon. What the hell does Jodie Gordon have to do with any of this, Zara? Yeah, exactly. Well, she's an ambassador for Live Botanics
1: on a report year-long contract. And in a wake of all the drama, she's been posting sponsored content for the brand, but having to turn the comments off because this story has gotten so big. Just back to Jess Seppel's comments there, Mish. As I said before, yes, this this company is huge. Jess Seppel and her partner are multi-multi-millionaires. But I do agree with that sentiment. It's like, what if this did happen to other people? Like what if people have worked their asses off for a very long time to create a brand and somebody else sees this marketing strategy and says, I'm going to emulate it. Now, according to a new report from the Daily Telegraph, industry insiders claim that Life Botanics strategy was exactly this, to create buzz around the company by provoking JS Health. Now, according to Sunday Confidential, they did this by enlisting renowned publicist Max Markson to do all their publicity. If that name sounds familiar, it's because Max Markson is one of the most controversial publicists in our country. We spoke about him at length in our first ever episode of Scandal Mish because he was one of the first people or the first person, I should say, to hire Lara Bingle, now Worthing after that Tourism Australia campaign.
0: Yeah, he has popped up in a couple of scandal series and whenever he pops up, we know that controversy is afoot. Exactly. Now, I am really
1: interested in how people are going to respond to this, Mish, because I don't want this to be a strategy that catches on. I don't want it to be a strategy that is rewarded. I'm not like, lying in bed furious about it. But I do think it's pretty problematic.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we have mentioned that Jessica Seppel has done well for herself, as has her partner who owns the business with her. I mean, they're both worth a reported $426 million. That doesn't mean that other companies can just copy them, though. Like, yes, they're wealthy. Yes, they're doing great. That doesn't make any of this okay. And it's not like Life Botanics is some little guy trying to, like, make the vitamin industry good again or affordable again or accessible again. Life Botanics is stocked in fucking coals. Yeah. So they're both big whales. And they're paying Jodie Gordon for a year. Yep. So it's it's clear that they've
1: got cash too. They're not two little fish going at this. They're two big fish that could set a precedent, which I think is important to call out. Yeah, 100%. Is that all you've got for us? That is all I've got. Coming up after the break, a Kimathon. Kim Kardashian is always over the news, but nothing has been like this week. But first, a word from today's sponsor.
0: If there was ever a week that proves this is Kim Kardashian's world and we're all just living in it, then it was this past one. In the last seven or so days, Kim has caused a furore for her comments about women at work, made headlines again about posting her first photos on Instagram with Pete Davidson, and then was pulled back into the news cycle, not that she ever left, after a friend of Pete's leaked text messages between the comedian and Kanye West. So a big old dink, or calculated to dominate the zeitgeist for days and days on end. Before we answer that, Zara, let's rewind and revisit the events of the last week.
1: Yeah, goodness me. There was nothing else but Kim Kardashian this week, was there? Apart from actually all the other stuff. We've just <laughs> about. Let's actually start though, Mish, where all of this started, as you say, because it's all really kicked off when the Kardashians did an interview with Variety. Now, again, as we touched on last week, it's interesting to me the Kardashians are doing a lot of their media about their new show on Hulu now, but it's not live. The show's not coming out for another month. So, as part of that interview, Kim said this in a snippet that promptly went viral. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days.
0: That's so true. You have to surround yourself
1: with people that want to work.
0: Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's, it's quite staunch. That's the thing that gets me about this. There is no like backwards and coming forwards with this quote. She has gone like 150% of the way to drive her point home.
1: The way that I described it to you is like it's actually quite aggressive. Yeah. It's an aggressive point from Kim and I don't <laughs> think she talks like that anymore but we will get to our feelings about it after we talk about some of the commentary that existed
0: online. Yeah, because the commentary was multifaceted to say the least. We had our kind of funny remarks that came out about that snippet One One was from Felipe Tao who wrote on Twitter, holy shit, just took a bathroom break after typing one sentence in Google Docs and Kim Kardashian appeared out of nowhere and beat me up. (laughs) There was one
1: from Brooke Schofield who said, Kim Kardashian was right, I absolutely do not want to work. That was the funny stuff, right? But there was also some really serious commentary that popped up as well after this quote went viral. One tweet in particular from a woman named Jess DeFino who wrote this on Twitter. I was an editor on the Kardashian apps in 2015 in LA, worked days, nights and weekends, could only afford groceries from the 99 cents only store, called out sick more than once because I couldn't put gas in my car to get to the office and was reprimanded for freelancing on the side.
0: Mm, that was also followed up by this tweet from Ruth McClip who wrote, I'm remembering when I was a miserable unpaid intern traveling on my own dime across London to fetch Kylie Jenner a specific kind of manuka honey for her tea on a luxury. Fashion shoot. That stuff from former employees or former interns associated with the Kardashian Jenner brand
1: was scathing scathing and also the kind of thing that went hugely viral like i'm pretty sure jesterfino's tweet was retweeted alone more than a hundred thousand times or nearly a hundred thousand times which is just a lot of people wanting to share that sentiment because it's true like any kind of rich person that wants to harp on and on about working and sort of getting your getting your ass up and working (laughs) does need to acknowledge that they have probably trampled on people themselves to get to where they are. There was also though the analytical commentary from a user called Sagi Star, who wrote that Kim Kardashian quote was strategically outrageous definitely was meant to spark outrage lol and that had about 120,000 likes.
0: Yeah so I mean we've kind of heard from all the different sides those who found it downright outrageous and funny, those who found it downright offensive and those who found it to be a very transparent PR move. I'm really curious where you both fit. Annabelle, we'll go Mm. to you first. What do you think? Initially, I thought it was funny, but then after reading all the commentary, I was like, yeah, shit, it's kind of a fucked comment to make. But I think TikTok made me think it was funny because everyone was using the audio in a funny way.
1: Yeah, because people kind of take it into their own hands and like create tone and stories around it. Definite PR move. Like calculated ploy for sure for me. And I think that's what I was getting a little bit confused about with the commentary. I think firstly, it's so important that the stories of their former employees are heralded as much as they have been but it also kind of doesn't make this any less of a calculated PR move for me like it's why she said it on camera it's why we had that audio clip of her doing it it's why she knew it would become a snippet on TikTok they wanted it to be seeded out onto every single social media platform and to become its own pop culture
0: moment. Well Variety put the audio they put that clip of her saying this in perfect timing just that snippet on their TikTok immediately. Yes. So this trended as a sound straight away. Either that was Variety saying this will go viral or it was the Kardashian saying this is intended to go viral. I agree with you, Zara. I think it is offensive, but that doesn't change the fact that it's also probably quite meticulously thought out. Kim Kardashian is no idiot. She knows how to play us and play the media better than anyone else in Hollywood right now. She's proven that by building a billion-dollar empire and an entire family dynasty off her own back she would have watched i'm just convinced she would have watched what happened to molly may haig earlier this year if anyone's confused we spoke about it at length on the show when molly may went on a podcast and gave that now infamous quote about us all having the same 24 hours in the day she would have seen the backlash that came from that that trended on twitter around the world in the u.s four days as well as in the UK and in Australia. I'm convinced Kim Kardashian saw that, went, wow, that's really a way to get eyeballs and ears paying attention to what you're doing. I am not just going to do that. I'm going to take it to the absolute nth degree because what Kim said is like the hypercharged, yeah. insane version of what Molly Mae said. Yeah, get your ass up and fucking
1: work. And I think people will be like, okay, well, you don't seem as outraged about this as you were... About Molly May. And we weren't outraged by Molly that, either. That's, that's true, but people will still probably level that. Anyway, <laughs> and to that, I would say, well, it doesn't make the comments any less stupid. And truthfully, I reckon there'd be a huge part of Kim Kardashian that would actually believe these quotes. But I believe fundamentally that she was throwing it out there, taking the piss, and it was being a kind of a bit of a trickster about the whole thing. I think a lot of this has been a deliberate ploy, and she's sitting back being like, you guys have just literally done exactly the thing I wanted you to do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you've said anything that is then sparking commentary and those commentary tweets are getting hundreds of thousands of likes and comments and retweets you've done your job in getting people to talk about your show which is the whole thing that's going on this week everyone's talking about the new show and the new trailer for the show I mean it was only a few days after this that we officially got the trailer and in the lead up you can almost watch day by day Kim Kardashian was sending the news cycle into a frenzy it was on the 12th of March so Saturday when Kim posted a series of photos with none other than Pete Davidson. I mean, we've been speaking about her and Pete Davidson for months and yet it was this week, the week that the trailer was coming out, that she chose to go Instagram official. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I do want to put one thing on the record as well is that we found a Daily Mail article this week, Annabelle, I don't know if you're in the office, where mm-hmm. um, the Daily Mail referred to him as Peter Davidson, <laughs> which I just found so like unnecessarily funny. Like I, was, I, was, I thought it was the funniest thing
0: I've ever seen. I found it confusing. I literally read Peter <laughs> Davidson and the addition of that one... 1R made me a little confused as to who we were talking about anymore. So he shall on this show
1: forever be known as (laughs) Peter Davidson. Now, no, you're absolutely right. And it wasn't just the photo going Instagram official with Peter Davidson that (laughs) Kim did. She also photoshopped the images. So she put one different image on Instagram and one different image on Twitter. And the difference between the image of her and Pete on both platforms was she photoshopped the carpet. One was like plain grey. One was like this geometric kind of like swirly hotel Carpety vibe. Yeah. And everyone's like, why would you post two different, obviously Photoshop photos? Again, clearly to get people talking. It wasn't like an accidental Photoshop mishap.
0: She deliberately did it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, maybe I'd feel differently if Kim posted one version of the photo and then her grandmother, a la Chloe Kardashian in 2021, posted a different version of the photo. Maybe then I'd be like, oh, she's been outed for her Photoshop work. She posted the two separate versions of the same photo on two separate apps. She knows what she's doing. And what I found really interesting is there was a bunch of commentary on TikTok
1: being like, guys, oh my goodness, she's obviously posted the announcement with Pete Davidson to distract from the comments about work. And it's like – no, it's all in the plan. Yeah. It's all in the plan because then on Sunday, SNL guest writer, a guy called Dave Siris, leaked some text messages between Peter Davidson and Kanye. <laughs>
0: now what you call him, you, you do have, it with a straight face do it as as well.
1: Now, Dave is a good mate of Peter's and they co-wrote <laughs> The King of Staten Island together. So suddenly all these messages are out in the world. So what did these messages say? And by the way, if you're wondering whether these messages are legit, you have publications like Page Six Verifying that they absolutely are so what did these text messages say between pete and kanye here's a message that it started with from pete yo it's skeet can you please take a second and calm down it's 8 a.m and it don't gotta be like this kim is literally the best mother i've ever met what she does for those kids is amazing and you are so fucking lucky that she's your kid's mum." I've decided I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore and I'm done being quiet. Grow the fuck up. Now, in response to this message, Kanye asked, oh, you're using profanity now. Where are you right now? And so Davidson replied with a selfie of himself shirtless under the covers, adding in bed with your wife.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll go on with the messages in a little bit, but I've got to say that message from Peter (laughs) did annoy me me a little bit. Like I'm in bed with your wife really plays into... The very problem we've had with Kanye West for the last few weeks in that Kim is seen as someone's property and I think Pete, as much as I have liked him in the past, did himself a disservice with that message. Saying I'm in bed with your wife is essentially saying I'm in bed with your property. Like that's why you're going to find it so offensive. And also Kim's not his wife anymore. They're legally divorced.
1: Yeah, it was a really annoying loss, like big L for Pete Davidson because I was like the rest of these messages are generally okay and not without justification, right? A lot of the sentiment that was going on. But did he have to do this? Davidson went on and said, I'm in LA for the day. If you want to stop being a little internet bitch boy and talk, you don't scare me, bro. Your actions are so pussy and embarrassing. It's so sad to watch you ruin your legacy on the daily. So as we say, we've got all of this now. These messages have been deliberately leaked by someone in Pete's camp, which has probably been an order from the top from Chris (laughs) Jenner. And then on Tuesday, we had that Bloody Hulu trailer for
0: the new show, The Kardashians. We did. And in that trailer, Pete Davidson was mentioned multiple times. So we know that the family want us to be talking about this relationship. We know they're trying to really put it in the spotlight. And Pete was referenced not just in the trailer, but in the original variety piece as well. Like this is something they want out there and they're really going to the nth degree to make it happen.
1: I also think what's really important about this trailer for the new show as well, if people haven't watched it. Yeah,
0: is it's actually a pretty well done trailer. It's like,
1: epic. I haven't watched much Keeping Up with the Kardashians in my time. I'm desperate to watch this show. This trailer was remarkable. The last line of the trailer was Kim Kardashian saying this, please have a sense of humor and no one take anything personally that I say I love you. And I think that is such a nod and tongue in cheek comment to everything that's been going on in the last week. That's like, I'm also taking the piss a bit, guys.
0: Yeah. Well, the fact it en- it literally ends on that quote, please don't take anything I say personally. She's absolutely playing us all. Yeah, because there's a huge amount of chaos. There's a
1: huge chaotic energy around these last few days. And I, I guess I've been sitting with it trying to work out, is chaos what they're trying to lean into? Is this all for the show? Like, could this all be explained by being like they're pushing the new show? And I think for me... The place that I landed at was like most of it is for the show. I would never say that any of this Kanye sort of narrative that's going on really has anything to do with the show but I think the leaked text messages are very much about Kim Kardashian trying to take control of that story now Mm -hmm. and saying like I refuse to be spoken about in certain ways I'm now going to lead how we speak about this story but the rest of it I would say is entirely for the show what do you think
0: I completely agree with that I don't think they can control the Kanye West stuff at all I think that really is as dire as we've said on the podcast in previous episodes do I think they are intentionally returning to chaos and mess yes I think the number one criticism leveled at the keeping up with the Kardashian show was that it was too clean everything was too meticulously thought out everything was too manicured the family the drama the way they were presenting their lives i think with the declining ratings that came with keeping up with the kardashians the family has kind of taken stock they've observed what worked for them and what worked is mess what worked is kim crying in the maldives about losing a diamond ring <laughs> yeah. what worked is courtney kardashian giving birth on camera the mess and the chaos and the gritty stuff really pays off in dividends for this tv show and i think this is them telling us We're going to get all that stuff again. I really truly think we are going to get more unfiltered Kardashian stuff because the manicured stuff just wasn't landing anymore. Annabelle, are you going to watch? Probably not. Or maybe like a few months after it airs because I tend to do things (laughs) (laughs) like... How do you feel about all this? Have
1: you been following it this
0: week? I actually haven't. I think you guys know, but I'm just not big on Kardashian. So it's like... If I didn't have this job, I probably wouldn't be across a lot of Kardashian <laughs> stuff. Just pose the question why you have the job in the first place.
1: And no, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely bang on, Mitch. And I think, I don't know, I'm interested to try and watch the show and see what it's like. If it's not going to be a chaotic show, they're certainly dangling the characters as if it's going to be. So mm. I'll jump right in. Absolutely. Guys, I think that's all we've got time for today. Yeah, that is definitely all we've got time for. As always, if you want to come and support the show, we are on Instagram at Podcast,
0: Michelle where you will see snippets of this very episode at shameless underscore podcast.
1: Yeah, guys, we will be back in your ears on Monday for another episode of Scandal. Annabelle, anything to add? Um, In the wise words of Kim Kardashian, don't take
0: anything I say personally. <laughs> I, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Bye.